<laughs> What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Ball Status. <laughs> that's right. That's This is the podcast where we talk about the business of health and the health of business. We are, we are on site today. This is the day before the nut bash. If you don't know what the nut bash is, just use your imagination. That's what it is. So I have, we'll just leave him on, we'll leave him there. So we have Patrick May, VP of sales for America Labs and Core Nutritionals. And then we have David Dodrell, VP of sales for Arms Race Nutrition and special guest, the man, the myth, the legend, TJ Humphreys from ABE, but all black everything, but from... I feel like a million other places I, as well. I'm like a NASCAR of sports. Yeah, so this could yeah. this could be a long podcast. I told him <laughs> we're going to go through the origin story, um, but TJ has a lot of experience uh, um, in this industry, in the business of health. So I wanted to grab him here before we start this party tomorrow and kind of pull him aside and kind of talk through his history, and but more importantly, kind of the mistakes and. Yeah, the things you've learned through the years since sure. you've been in this industry for a long time. So, yeah. Um, well, today I guess this podcast is sponsored by. So, is it ABE? Is it oh. Abe? Is it All Black Everything? What is it? That is the multi-million-dollar question. And is yeah. that by design? No. So, funny thing, because my partners who are, who are in Liverpool, the brand was started in Liverpool. Mm -hmm. ABE stands for All Black Everything, and when we started thinking, that's like a soccer term. Or a football oh, it's term. Like a football term. Yeah, 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 right. Um, but we just tell people, hey, call us what you want to call us. Like, I think a lot of people called Abe. Have you tried the new Abe drinks? Have you tried the new Abe pre-workout? Yeah. I think it's probably going to graduate to just being called Abe. I got it. I got a 4th of July promo for you. Yeah. Lean into Abraham Lincoln. 4th of July promo. You guys get that. You guys, man, I'll take. I mean, he I'll, would listen, be a great representative. Listen, I'm only asking for seven and a half percent. That's all. Okay. If you, if <laughs> Let's you, talk after this. That's yeah. If you're thinking all, if you're thinking Abraham Lincoln, you're also thinking all black, everything. Like, no, yes. Just, oh, that long black Dude, coat and so, that black beard. I will yeah. tell you, man, that the the most fun thing about. We got a leaf blower going on. <laughs> we got jets right. flying overhead. Leaf jets, blowers. Yeah, we're every every type of disruptor is happening here. It's perfect. That's yeah. all right. Um, one of the fun, the best things about developing this brand, though, was we get to develop what ABE is, right? And the cool thing about that was it, it's like you go to the gym and you look at what people are wearing. It's very rare when you don't see somebody wearing all black, all black right? Um, and it means something. It's like when you want to bring your best, whether it's at night, as a show. Man, we're, we're getting it. it all. It's we're Maverick. That's our love it's, a, it's our flyby. Holy smokes. All right. Well, so anyway, yeah. so we're, so today we're going to get into all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, we got the drinks. This is the new Batty Berry. Yes. Right? So Batty Berry. What is this supposed to be? Is strawberry Raspberry? Strawberry Raspberry. All right. Yeah. So I've had way too much caffeine today. It's like 6 o'clock at night. And so, but I am going to get in here and, and try this. I'm not pounding this. This is this a part. highly concentrated energy drink. Just You guys probably already know because you, you know what we're doing. But 200 milligrams Ooh. of caffeine, 100 megs of dynamine. Which, and we put Vitacoline in it. So we didn't want to just come out with just energy. We said, look, we want this to have some real performance aspects to it. We added Dynamine there just because a lot of people that are in our space love the ingredient. Although it's typically hard to flavor around, but I think we've done a pretty good job with yeah, it. Yeah, so, I was surprised I was going to get actual raspberry in there. Yeah. This was probably my favorite. Thanks. The others, I'm just being transparent. Mm -hmm. I get a lot, because you, you do focus on that 
that other a lot of actives, yep. right? Like there's a lot of enter, entering into the market now that are just might have to drink. Uh, it's good, right? <laughs> just flavored flavored uh, carbonated. That's energy, water, like, right? like like caffeine and water, right? Yep. yep. But this one has the l- least amount of active taste to me. Okay. Like I get I I get a ton of raspberry. I think that tart of the raspberry hides some of that. I remember when you sent these the first time and we had a manager's meeting and the meetings go into like, we'll have the meeting, then we'll work out and then we go to dinner and then we smoke cigars and we hang out all night. And these guys were like pounding these drinks at like 8 p.m. <laughs> I mean, they're in their early 20s. And that's it does, fault. That's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And they were like, man, these are great. And next thing you know, they were completely gone. I don't know. It was probably like 24 of them across 12. I mean, everyone was double fisting them. So I love I love I actually since I follow you guys on Instagram, I saw like the, the, the meeting room table. Yeah. It's covered with our drinks. Yeah. I'm like, that is yeah, they, uh, the, job the, well done. The managers definitely really like them. So love it. Uh, appreciate the drinks. Yeah. Now, all right, let's get into it. Mm-hmm. So, because I actually don't know the whole story. So, we've had a bunch of people on in the industry, and I love to get to know, like, where they came from and how they got to where they are today. Yeah. So, you've been around for a long time. Dude, I was going to say, how Where did hours? you start? Yeah. I mean, I know yeah. you said, you, but right before we started this, you talked about you had a franchise at, like, Juice Shops or juice, something? Juice Stop. Okay. Yeah. So, how did, tell me, like... Man. From your grow, growing up, like, yeah. did you go to school? Did you not go to school? And then, like, how did you get into this industry? Sure. Yeah, so, funny thing, I was, I think I was an entrepreneur since I was, like, six. I mean, you know, I think you kind of know, like, when you have that in you, yeah. like, I well, sold popcorn on a sidewalk. Yeah. Like, and that wasn't, my mom didn't tell me to do it. I just said, you were know. Were you a Boy could, Scout? No, I, I, I <laughs> Man, wasn't. I, I crushed, wasn't. I crushed the Boy Scout game. You probably were a little Really? Hot. Yeah. Okay, so I, I wasn't. That. I was a salesman by six. Okay. <laughs> Not an entrepreneur, no, entrepreneur. I was just knocking on doors. Okay, but hey, that counts, man. Right, right, That's right. how you cut your teeth on, you know, doing that stuff. But but early on, I just realized that was something I wanted. Like, I knew I wanted to be in business for myself, right? Fast forward to college, went to UC Irvine, graduated with a, not a business degree, just a social science degree, because it was the easiest. Yeah, yeah, I mean, literally, I didn't know what the hell I was going to do, right? So got my social science degree, but I go to this place called Juice Club, which is now Jamba Juice, which I'm sure you guys have heard of. There were lines out the door. I'm thinking, fuck, man, man, that's something I I could probably do that. So I filled out a franchise application. I called my grandfather up, who was, was crazy, crazy wealthy. I didn't have any money. I filled out a franchise application. I say, hey, Gramps, I'm going to do this. He asked him 125 grand to open a store. Will you loan me the money? And in this kaji old rotten voice, he's like, "You mean to tell me you're gonna try to make a living selling fruit in a blender?" And I said, "Yeah." He said, "Okay, I'll back you." So I filled up the franchise application, turn it in. Two weeks later, it comes back rejected. I'm like, "All right, well, you guys know rejection. Yeah. I got two choices. I just say, okay, it's not for me, or fuck it, I'm gonna do it myself." I took that route. I developed a franchise called Juice Stop. Did you now? Did you just open a store yourself, or did you from day one say I'm going to run the franchise model? So, like, it's a great question. I had no intentions of doing franchising. Okay, so you opened the mom and pop shop. Opened the mom and pop shop, Got it. and for six months worked it open to close because you know I didn't have money for staffing. And yeah. There's more to this story, but I'll fast forward some. Yeah. I wound up getting into franchising because I didn't have a lot of money myself but I wanted to grow quickly. Mm-hmm. So in five years, I opened up the first store in Lake Forest, California. Five years later, sold it to, to private equity after I had about 160 stores open. Through a five company owned and the rest were franchise. Oh, bro. All our power just went. We just tripped the wire. Okay. Is that recording again? Yeah. Has that ever happened? And we're back. No. no that was you guys happen. always record out here? 
What was it? No, we never record. Just tripped. We never record out here. I, this, I was gonna say we're just kind of figuring this out. This is on location. I freaking love it, man. Yeah. yeah. What? God dang. Yeah. Shame on them. Well, hold on a second. Yeah. So I have so many questions. No, I bet. I have yeah. so many questions. So you go from ah yeah, I opened up one mama pop until I sold the private equity for 160 <laughs> firm. I'm like, whoa, buddy. I grew. I've been doing this for. We got. It's been 13 years. We got 12 stores. Dude, I mean, like, okay, so. With the franchise model, I would sign area development deals. So let's start up. Yep. So you, did you open five stores first and then, and then, so you opened your first store and then like six months later, you opened your second store. The first and, three stores I had were uh, my own. Okay. Or, and I brought on and partners, how long did like that LLCs. Yeah. How long did that take you to get open? I mean, six months. I was already on to my second store. Okay. In the first. So I probably had three company owned stores open. Within about a year and a okay. half, pretty quick. And they were doing well. This is when, yeah. geez, what year is this? Oh, man. Uh, let's see, it would have been 94, 95. Okay. Um, yeah, that's when, like, that whole juice bar smoothie craze was just cranking. You know? Yeah, okay. And there were a lot of other com companies coming in with their own, like, you know, John, not Jamba Juice, but, like, Juice, um, uh, uh, juice Mania, like, all these random yeah. stores trying to do their own thing. Um, but as, as we've talked about it, like, there's a benefit when you paid some of the dumb tax when you're the franchisor yeah. to be able to sell a franchise to somebody so else. So you went through the whole legal process and yeah. paid for all the uh, UFOCs and all that stuff. All the, the yeah. franchising documents. Yeah. And then did you have to go out and like sell these to people or did you have people knocking on your doors at that so point? So I love selling, as you guys know. Yeah. Um, that's, I just love it, right? Uh, especially if it's something I love to do, right? right? So I had actually the first, probably the first four franchises that I sold were in the back room of my Lake Forest uh, location. Like, they would come in, and they're like, yeah, I heard this is, you know, we had, like, flyers and stuff like that. Yeah. But I would sign these, these little agreements in my little office, you know, and get the franchise, uh, the, the fee and all that stuff right in, my, right in my office there, right in the first store. So how old were you when you, you, you ended up with 24. 150 stores or something like that? Yeah, so I had 160, I think it was probably 162 when I sold the business. Okay, and you sold it to private equity, yep. so they came completely. You walked Com away. Yeah, so that was that was when we talk about learning experiences. That was my first learning. Experience. So was that good? I mean, you know, when you, if you leave it at that, you, people are going to think, "Man, he must have made no, bank on I that," got, and he was rolling, I, or well, like I got what, crushed. How, how did you get? I crushed? got crushed because they convinced me. And look, I, because there was still own, debt to open some of the. No, it wasn't I mean, even a debt thing. Yeah. It was a. Um, it was hey, look, we're gonna we're gonna let you take a little bit off the table, yeah. which was not much at the time, and then we're gonna let you be a part of the organization on the go forward because we had all these leases that we wanted to build out. We didn't have money. The reason we went to private equity was hey, we don't have the money to build out. We really want to get back to company owned stores. Yeah. So we went to the private equity route. Gave up, I gave up control. Yeah. They brought in a guy um, who was the former CEO of Hardee's, which okay. is, that's a great fit, right? Yeah. Hardee's, <laughs> protein smoothies, that's, and the guy was like 98 years old, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. But long story short, um, they changed the name from Juice Stop to Juice Kitchen. Changed the menus. That's terrible. Bro, listen. That, you, that is buddy, terrible. You saw, like, it was like watching, like, you know, like you got this beautiful car and you send it through the car wash and it comes out the other side like a fucking beat up yeah. Pinto with graffiti all over it. You know, it was just awful. Oh, it was awful. So when did you, so if you were still committed after they came in, like how long did you stick around? I was To there, watch it go down. Yeah, I was there for about a year. Now, do those still exist today? Or yeah, do they? strangely enough. If you pull up Juice Stop, Google search Juice Stop, there's shit in like Nebraska. So is it Juice Kitchen? No, now? no, no. They went the, back so to Juice? So the franchises, 
left their left their stores, left the banners up, left the signage up, and they yeah, if you pull it up, you can pull up G Stop, Colorado. Nebraska, California, they're still... And these are still franchises? I don't or? know. It's been shit. Oh, it's wow. been like 20 years, man. Yeah. Okay, so, so then what? Where, where does that take you? Then what, so, You're 25 and you've yeah. already sold your first business. So so you know, like, yeah, you know what I did? I started servicing the stores with the supplies. So I said, you know what? I already know, instead of making, instead of being on the front end of this thing, I already know what it takes to build the business. Yeah. So I became a supplier of juice bar products to my stores. That business was actually pretty... Yeah, that, that did pretty well. Well, you're guaranteed. All you have to do is convince them they need the product to sell. Their, yeah. You don't have to sell to the customer no. and make sure it turns. No, like I, you just got to sell. I, I know that they need, you know, 14 cases of strawberries this week. They need 14 tubs of vanilla yogurt. You know. So how stuff. did you figure that? One of our core values is always figure it out. It's like my favorite. Yeah. It's my favorite core value. So how did you figure out how to be a distributor of like food service products? Uh, you know what? We just like we just figured it out. Like literally, it was one of those things. Like okay, because we had we were working with suppliers. For years, so I'm like, okay, freezer trucks, you know, margins. We, we know what we were paying. We know what they were they were buying the the products for. We're like, okay, that's kind of the margin that we're working from. Mm -hmm. We knew the kind of structure that we needed. Now we only started it in Colorado, so we were servicing just the Colorado stores. But that was enough for us to make a living. For us to kind of stay involved with the stores, so it was kind of a it was a nice little transition. So when you say us, was that was your grandfather still involved? No, no, no. Yeah, I, had, I had, thankfully I paid him off like in. A year, yeah. year and a half after that first store, so that was. So did you have partners place. in this yeah, business at the time? Did. Yep. Okay. Same guys, actually. Ironically, one of the same partners I had in that business was one of my partners when I started Proceps. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So that's a big leap. That's yeah. like a fifteen-year leap. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what happened? So you're you're selling food products. Yes. Yeah. The juice stop. Yeah. So what, so what got me into sports nutrition? I was living in Colorado. I was doing these random real estate things, like in the real estate market. It's, you know, it's yeah. up, down, all yeah. around, right? Um, and at the time, it was down. And I was good friends with John Hoffman, who owned Lone Star Distribution. Yep. Lone Star was a small Texas distributor. Um, and this is kind of right when I was getting pretty hardcore into the bodybuilding. I would always lift weights. I was lifting weights in college. Always loved fitness. Um, but I didn't know how to sell fitness products, right? Like sports nutrition products and this and that. Lived in Colorado. I was doing this real estate stuff. John Hoffman calls me out of the blue. This is probably in... Gosh, 2003, 2004. Um, and he said, hey, man, I just found out that the girl I'm dating is pregnant, and I just had a minor heart attack. And I said, the one, have, one, has, one has to have something to do with the other. You know what I mean? Um, but he said, I, can you come down and help me run this business? And I didn't know, Jack, I didn't know anything about sports nutrition, really. I mean, back then. So how did you know him originally? So he had seen what I had done at Juice Stop, yeah. and I worked with him. You ever heard of a brand called City Blends? Mm. City Blends was a gym-only juice bar chain. Okay. He hired me as a consultant to build out that program. And he owned, he owned City Blends. So he was, like, putting these City Blends in, yeah. in like, Gold's Gyms in sure. California and whatnot. So that's how I knew him. But he calls me out of the blue. He said, hey, get on a plane tomorrow. Come down, and let's talk about it. So I flew down there, 20,000 square feet of protein powders and protein bars. This is pre before pre-workouts and stuff. This yeah. is when like ABB ephedra drinks were flying out of the coolers. And I was walking in this warehouse going, holy shit, man, this is awesome. Yeah. Like I was, I could do this. You know what I mean? But I started with him and for the first year he paid me and he, he would laugh about pay me next to nothing. Yeah. But I learned everything about the business, about sports nutrition distribution, mm -hmm. the vendors, who the good ones were to work with, who the bad ones were to work with, um, inventory, you know, 
you know, handling AR, AP, all that stuff. And then after that first year, I became his partner. So that's where I kind of got my start in our world. And what year is this now? I'm going to say 2004. Okay. Probably. Okay. Um, so ProSubs is kind of next then, right? So or is that not till close. There's an in-between okay. with our good friend Jack Owak at VPS. Oh. Isn't yeah. it funny how it always Every, comes? There's always, <laughs> Owak always parachutes into stories somewhere. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 you know, so, and I, there's this podcast is not long enough to tell me about that year that I was there, but. So you went to, say, to VPX. I went to VPX. So I, so I actually sold my interest in Lone Star, Lone Star back to the guys, to okay. John and Chuck, went to VPX for a year. Uh, to run an, it was initially to run an IndyCar race program. So wow. I owned part of an IndyCar team. We ran in the 2011 uh, Indy 500, or 2010 <laughs> Indy 500, which was totally fun, like off the rails fun, right? Uh, but needless to say, working with Jack was not going to be a long-term thing. Yeah. So this was Jack's Jack, IndyCar. Like. Yeah, it was. So it was sponsored by, so he sponsored the race team. So it was, VPX. it was. But yeah, at was this point, it's VP, it's VP, yeah, Redline. 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 It's yeah. Redline. Red line, right? That's crazy. Crazy. That's crazy. crazy. Yeah. So, which was, look, that part of the, that part of my life was fun, but working with him was not. So, sure, yeah. so I knew like pretty quickly that I needed never to Never heard something. that before. No, yeah. no, I'm sure it's never, <laughs> never been said before. Still searching for a good thing. <laughs> yeah. that, um, so, fast forward a little bit. So, um, Art Atwood, you know who Art Atwood is. Oh, yeah. yeah. When I, mean, I was coming a lot up bodybuilding, like I, I, Man, I was those muscle magazines, all oh. that the bodybuilding.com forums. Like I lived on there because I had, you know, a desk job, and so I was at a computer all the time. And man, I lived. I, he was a freak. He freak. was like the first three hundred pound, just mo- not the most aesthetic guy. In the no, world. kind of big stomach, not good abs or anything, but like just a total freak. Monster, like yeah. hamstrings that just look like the legs are ridiculous. Oh, ridiculous. Yeah. Um, anyway, he became a friend of mine. When uh, I was, you, uh, Aaron put up can or Cody put up uh, here a picture of of art. Uh, of art, his hamstring, his side chest oh. shot, his chest and his hamstring. His, ha- his hamstrings were ridiculous. Most ridiculous, like total freak. Like yeah. they don't even look real. They're like, okay, what? That doesn't look like a part of a leg. It looks yeah. like what happened, you know. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so he and I became great friends when I was at Lone Star. Okay. I was carrying professional supplements. Yep. If, if you remember, he had a product called Carbolin. Yep. Sold it to like all of us hardcore bodybuilder guys, but yep. it was a small little brand. Yeah. So he and I became great friends. He coached me through USA's, through nationals, when I was doing my bodybuilding thing, um, really kind of got me ready for all the stuff I did with Muscle and Fitness Magazine. Yeah. So he was just a great friend. He passed away September of 2011. Okay, 2011. 2011. Yeah. He passed away September 2011. Um, I, had, I had, was still at VPX at the time, but I was like miserable. His family calls me up and says, hey, we inherited this brand. You're in all of his notes. You mentioned, you know, in his, you know, this and that, in his yellow legal pads about, hey, I met with T. He used to take notes, like, yeah. all the time. That was his thing. So they said, do you want to buy the business? Do you want to run the business? And I'm thinking, shit. I've been an entrepreneur. You know how hard it is to be an entrepreneur. It is. Yeah. It's tough, man. Um, and I was like, at that time, I was like 39, 40. I'm thinking, shit, man, do I want to do this again? Yeah, yeah. But I said, you know what? I've gotten this far doing and figuring stuff out i'm gonna do it so i bought the brand and as you if people knew what art atwood's brand used to look like and then what me and a couple guys brian eichelina a bunch of guys that so did you have part were you the only owner or did you have partners that came in there so because i feel like everyone was kind of involved in pro subs at some no point. no no for sure yeah, so yeah. so um i had early on i had uh, a partner was a dentist in humble texas <laughs> that loved bodybuilding 
He loved, and he heard that, oh, I can, you know, I can invest in TJ Humphreys, who's this magazine guy. Yeah, yeah. And he's a great guy, but he has a bunch of money. He put in 480000 bucks. That started ProSups as we know today, four hundred eighty grand, And we didn't raise money again for about three years after that. Um, didn't need to. We just kind of... So it was you and him in the beginning? So was, money partners were me and him. Yeah. And then Joe, who I mentioned that helped me with ProSups, that started ProSups, Joe Oblos. Okay. Uh, and then my brother. We brought... Now, this is where it gets really cool because we brought a bunch of guys that I got to work with at VPX that also had the same issues. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, man, wherever you're going, we're going. So I'm like, dude, I can't afford you. Like, Wait, I can't, I don't when are we going to insert Jack O'Walk lawsuit? Is oh, that, that coming? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I, I don't cool. even know if there is one, but I feel like no, the way so, this is going. So this actually, is- thankfully, <laughs> no, thankfully, 11 years later, it has ended. The lawsuit has ended. Oh, so there was one. Oh, 11 oh, years. Okay. Oh, and I could, t- yeah, that's oh. a whole different podcast. Um, <laughs> you leave bang, podcast. you get a lawsuit. No, yeah, listen. No, no, we're good. But it, yeah, it ended. Um, but a bunch of guys that said, man, you know what? You know, we, they, they knew who I was because they worked with me kind of at Lone Star. They were at VPX when I was at Lone Star. They're like, okay, you know what? He kind he knows his way around the space. Hey, man, if you're going to go over there, can you find us a role? Yeah. And, of course, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to need help, right? Yeah. And this is back in the day. Growing brands is so different now than oh. it was then. Social media wasn't what, what it There was no. Yeah. There was no. I mean, it was like MySpace. You know what I mean? Well, I remember the ProSups guys. You guys were like we rolled deep, the man. hardcore. You rolled yeah. deep. Like, I'm talking tats and yeah. mohawks yes. and, like, just, like, gnarly <laughs> Bro, looking nasty. physiques. Like, I remember seeing you. I remember running into you guys. I think we were at 2015 Europa Atlantic Show. City, New Jersey. Yes. <laughs> It was I remember, and show. it was just it was like, like us, all us. you guys, you all had like, you had like the pointy goatees yeah, and we just looked, scary yeah, we looked, we looked, Well, we look nasty. But <laughs> yeah. We, yeah. Yeah. we were like absolute still nasty. new to this. Yeah, yeah. new to like yeah. doing. <laughs> we doing, had our tube <laughs> socks on and our like New Balance. Yeah, but like, <laughs> the, cool, the cool part was, was like. You guys were super we were, cool. We were the only two brands yeah. in the gym prior yes. to the event, right? Like nobody else was training. Nobody else was doing yes, doing man. the lifestyle. And that's when like I developed a like. Man, this brand, and we did really, we've always done really well oh, with yeah. Yeah. that brand. Yeah. And I was, that was the level of respect for the lifestyle. Yeah. Right? I remember yeah. us commenting Appreciate that. It was that. just like, yeah. I remember like you guys were the only ones in there before the event with us, yeah. like training balls to the wall. Yeah. And I was just like, well, how are other people not doing this? Isn't that crazy? It just, uh, you know, it's a crazy, but that's what you fast forward that 12 years to what exists today. It's a, it sucks. That's the part of the business that kind of sucks, yep. right? Because I still get in the gym every single, like you, yep. like y'all yep. do, every single morning, man. Yep. I mean, every single, so, yeah. But, um, so, those guys come along. So, when did Ike come in? Right, like 2012, as, man. Where did he come from? VPX. Oh, so he all was those guys. Okay. Like, all, they all came like a merry band of unhappy employees. They all rolled into town in you Dallas, You guys are like Texas. a biker a Buddy. biker gang, oh, like dude. the the pro subs biker gang. Dude, our first, our first. I feel that's why you recruited him. Look at him. I mean, Look he's straight guy. pro subs. Bro, he, he has been. He, he was at pro subs. Right, he, was, he was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. that, that makes on, a lot man. of sense. I <laughs> guess I didn't Do you know have to guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, but so it's funny because we had one weekend in 2012 when we started the brand. I flew everybody to my house. It was like the biggest meathead sleepover of all time. <laughs> like the house, my wife's like, I got to fumigate the house because the gas and all. Oh, you know, yeah. It was disgusting, bro. Like people it was probably food. a lot of fun. It was, it was a blast, right? For like three days, we developed what ProSups was going. Not professional supplements. Had, Art had it, but what ProSups was going to look like, feel like, taste like. For three days, we locked ourselves in my house. Is that when you came up with Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde? Exactly. Was it? Yep. Yeah. I mean, because those, those two products were your flag. That's what so, put your. 100%. No? Yeah. 
Was it always professional supplements, and you then sh- we shortened like, it? Shortened it? Yep. Or it was never. Pro- it? it was never pro- when Art, when Art owned it. It was always professional supplements. So when you took it over, you changed the name yep. to yep. ProSubs? To ProSubs and the logo, the okay. PS. Okay. That, that didn't exist I just was, I was just curious yep. if, like, kind of like... Bro, so like professional supplements, yeah. pretty much, you know the, the white container of core? <laughs> yeah. That yeah. looked like I printed it on my printer in the back of that store right there. <laughs> yeah, and then you colored it in that was pro- That was professional supplements. Yeah, but you know what's crazy? Yeah. He had this really loyal, small yeah. following same of people thing with that... Same core, right? Same yeah. thing. People go in the store, they know what they want, they go in and they get it, and that's like... That's special, man. That's magic when you can do that as yeah. a brand, you know. So, so what was the what blew you guys? Out? It was the Doctor Jekyll. It Mr. was Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde. And look, the reality is, we were not the first pre workout in the game. Yeah. We went in with. Hyde. So you had so you, at that time there was uh, one MR, one MR, Jack 3D. Yeah. Those yep. were the two kings. No right? explode, obviously. No explode. Legacy pre workout. Was C four? So uh, concentrate. GMA, yeah. Yeah. C four was there. One MR was there, but the big ones, the strong ones, were like one MR. Jack three D was still man. around. Remember those days? The glory days. Yes, yes. Um, so, but so it was. It was still fairly a crowded space, but not like it is now. Yeah. Um, but what we did, we said, look, man, we're gonna go in. The formula's gonna be a little bit stronger. We understand that that's not gonna be for everybody, but we thought it was gonna be for the market that we wanted to go after. Um, and fortunately, we did that. But what we did, which was really a cool strategy, was we developed an opposite product. So if somebody wasn't totally into the hardcore and the characters Hyde and Jekyll, yeah. they played off, they play perfectly off the, each other in terms of strategy, right? You got Dr. Jekyll, you know, primped up, nice, nice doctor that turns into Mr. Hyde when he takes his career. Well, the thing turn. is like, wasn't it like you're supposed to either take this or this? We had people coming uh, stacking, in Arlington yeah. and just stacking them and together. You were loving that as a read. Oh, a like retailer. 600 like, milligrams of caffeine. You're like, probably. yo, $80 ring. Yeah. Bring it. You yeah. know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. No, we had people. Yeah, you're right. It wasn't built to stack, but I think people did it anyway. So what, um, so you guys blew up pretty quickly. Yeah. Right. And so back then without the use of social media, really, what do you attribute the growth of your brand to? That's such a good question, man, because I think that really relates to, like, how brands are growing today, how opposite it is. Like, yeah. we were feet on the street. We were feet on the street. We were events. We were bro hugs. We were training at gyms with retailers, training at gyms with trainers, training at gyms, with, doing stuff to spread the message. And we did magazine ads and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. But as you know, I mean, those don't exist anymore. Yeah. Um, but and really back then, I don't really know how great they were for marketing. But re- right. what really got us catapulted was just how Grassroot. connected how connected we were with consumers at events, retailers, distributors. We we spent a lot of time on the road, man. You, you did. Know? I remember we went to China in 2019. And remember the big presence ProSubs oh, had in China? Yeah, yeah, Wasn't yeah. that awesome? Yeah. I mean, were you there? I was there. there? Yeah. There? Yeah. 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 The Shanghai I, Fit Expo. Yeah, man. Yeah, dude. That was, that, that will never happen again. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. It'll be the last. I won't ever see China ever again. Bro. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that, yeah. That was crazy. I was like, wow, I didn't know ProSub. I think you had a Chinese like bodybuilder, dude. No. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. It was uh, Lou. Yeah, Lou Chen. And I was just like, what a world. Bro. Yeah. Isn't it crazy? You guys did ProSubs. Do they still do a lot in China now or? No, actually, you know, obviously COVID just destroyed everything. And now in China, I think what they've realized is that it's cheaper to make products there. Yeah. I mean, it's cheaper to make everything in China, right? But um, But there was a market. And that's why we were flown over for for that event is because there was a lot of talk of people want American brands. True. And it was funny. Well, there's a whole other podcast story. We got to do a China podcast. We should. Bring me back for that. Dude, I'm all over that. It was the most incredible experience. Like we, I, I agree with you. It was so insane. But like when we were in that boardroom with CPT and like 
they wanted us to sell them the product for cheaper than what we made it for <laughs> because they run their own manufacturing. But we're yeah. like, you're not buying, like, like we can give you the formula, but like you're buying the American brand. That's what you flew us here for. You're right. for us. Right. And so like, finally we got a deal done, but golly, that was. Dude, China is, uh, even when you were there, when I was there, um, it was such a great, you know what was cool about China at that time? The, to walk into the expo, you're walking by all these rooms and in each room, there's like 150 young in like fitness people getting their certificates for personal training. I'm like, this is like, this is going to blow up, dude, because you got 150 people times 10 rooms all getting certified as trainers that are going to go and get thousands of people into fitness and nutrition. It's, cra it's crazy. And remember the call rooms that CPT had where they literally jammed all these people into little like sales call rooms and they're just calling gym. Like it was and working until like midnight, dude. <laughs> like I was at this one office. I'm like, yo, it's Saturday. Like there's people on the phones at like eight 30 at night. I'm like, and I remember we, so we got to tour their manufacturing facility and it was pristine. Like, like yeah. you so think it, China, it Oh, you you got yourself many, like their manufacturing facilities were better than, than most and yes, we've yeah, seen in the U S right, honestly, right. It, it, was, it was very mind opening. I agree. Right. Like, yeah, I agree. I, you, it, it's a we, shock. We, yeah, for yeah. sure. And now we're like, Anyways. now we're like, fuck China. <laughs> <laughs> What's well, well, funny. I think, I think, just kidding. Just kidding. Send yeah. us your money. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the reality is like the brands that are doing well there, I think are probably, you know, like your legacy, you got some optimum, but, but I guarantee you they have manufacturing. The muscle, the muscle tech. Right. Yeah, exactly. yeah, they have manufacturing. They have manufacturing. Well, muscle tech yeah. is China. Chinese at this point. Yeah, yeah it is. That's right. Yeah. They're bought. Yep. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, all right. So you're at ProSups. Yep. It's, you're growing the brand. Yep. Um, when did you leave ProSups? I mean, you guys were pretty Gosh, big. When so you left, you guys were... I mean, at your peak, you guys must have been doing, you must have been a $100 million brand. No, it's funny. It's, I feel like, I mean. No, no, it's, we were tracking. So I sold that business to a private equity group. I sold that about five years into ProSups. I did that. So you still were running it at that I was point. still, yeah. So I stayed on for five years. I had a five-year uh, employment So that deal. was, you start in 2012, yep. you sell in 2017, That's you right. stay on until. Two th like literally, right, what, two years ago? Okay. Two years ago? Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I stayed on through the through my five year employment deal, um, and this is no secret. I I've been partnered with Nick at Rise for about four years. Okay, might be a secret to you. I don't know if you knew that, but uh, I knew you were. Yeah. I knew you were. Now I yeah. didn't know when that started. So it actually started pretty early on. Um, we'll have to tell you that story offline. Cause yeah, yeah, to yeah, it. yeah but, for sure. But you know, about four years ago, um, it's a funny story. I wish Nick were here because it would be funny to tell it with him. But <laughs> uh, but you know that that brand was super small. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Nick has a vision. They were, they were at our first nut bash in 2018. Yeah. So it must have been like right after, like right around that time. But you know what I recognized early on, and I was glad, I'm so grateful that I had a chance to make an investment in that company because I recognized early on a skill set that Nick has that was way early compared to what some of the brands are trying to catch up to now. Mm -hmm. And he was able to capture. So what is that skill set? I mean, he knows how to digitally market uh, better than probably anyone I know. Um, he has also some really from good a sense of from a social sense from a retargeting sense from a what like not, what I wouldn't space? say retargeting I would say the messaging and the content and he's got some good people um, yeah. that work with him there's a kid named Jake that's uh, hopefully he'll see this because he's a great kid yeah. um, super smart and yeah. I, I think he just he understands with that audience at 18 to 25 18 yep. to 28. Them TikTokers. We call them TikTokers. Hey, right? We got a couple here. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. Them TikTokers. Damn, tic damn TikToker. Man, that hat over there. She he must TikToker. be a TikToker. Yeah. Oh, one of them over <laughs> yeah, there. They're yeah, all, yeah, they're okay. all over the place. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so he, so I recognize early on that he's had that 
that kind of intuition that I think has really catapulted that brand. Yeah. Right. So, uh, but when I left, I left ProSups, spent a little time with him. Um, well, so you, we were talking about, you guys were tracking. I mean, like yeah. you guys were blowing up. So yeah, let me go back to yeah. that. So um, when I, when I sold the business, we had just, I don't even think we had gotten into Walmart yet. We had, we had met with Walmart. That was one of my, when you think about stories and going back, one of my biggest failures, I would say at ProSups. Do you guys remember my bar? Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. So I love that product. Yeah. A lot of people love oh, that, that was a bacon bar. My cookie. It was a bakery bar. Bakery bar. bar. The my cookies, they were like hockey pucks. Oh, my. They yeah, were terrible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, they were good for about two hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then after about a week, you yeah. could give them to NHL, like donate them away, yeah, like, yeah, or yeah, any NHL. of the local hockey thing, or skeet shooting. Yeah, you right. said skeet shooting would be good. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, But my bar, my biggest mistake, and this is something that we, it, we reeled from it, too, because uh, I thought, because we were doing everything right, all we had to do is put a ProCeps label on it, or a hide label on it, but primarily pro- anything we put a ProCeps label on, we'll sell. Bulletproof. We go into Sam's Club, a meeting at ECRM. You know the ECRMs? Mm-hmm. So sit down with a buyer yep. at Sam's Club, he, and we're talking to him about pre workouts. And bars come up, and cookies come up. And Ike used to bring samples with him everywhere. Yeah. He had silver foil samples. He's like, oh, Oh, I actually have some in my bag. Let me get them out. Yeah. So he gets out the my bar. We cut That's them up. That's how I That is like totally that. how I, <laughs> I actually know I can. Um, but we cut the bar up. The buyer tries it. And he said, holy shit. He said, do you make these? I'm like, yeah, we're making them. He said, when can I have them? I'm like, serious? He said, yeah. He said, how fast can you make them? Long story short, we come up with a Sam's Club my bar strategy thinking like, oh, we're going to be in Sam's Club. He puts us in all stores, pallet drops, yeah. And you know what we didn't do, man? We didn't fully vet out the look of the, the, the container, yeah. the pricing. I thought, oh, the only other bar in there is Premier. Premier Bar is selling $12 for a 12-pack. We have to sell them for $22. It's okay. It's a my bar. People will buy them for another $10 more. Big mistake. Not mm-hmm. the Sam's Club customer anyway. Yeah, right. Lo and behold, within two months, three months, they weren't turning. We took chunky returns. It was like a million dollar, million and a half dollar mistake. Oh, no, dude. That's the big thing that I think a lot of people don't recognize that it's just like, just because you got, you have a strong brand and you have really good products and the brand is moving and it's growing, you can get put in a position where you get placed somewhere. And if it doesn't turn, if you're working with these big companies, it's just like, pow, you're gone. That's it. It's like, well, what did you do? And you have a short window. And you, you have do. a short window to prove it. You, and it's just like, and people think just because you get that deal, I, you know, we don't celebrate those deals anymore. You know, you we celebrate wait, the right? wins. We yeah. celebrate those reorders and how fast the reorders come because, true, you know, it's just like, just because you get the deal on the placement, that is nothing. Because they can pull you and charge you back and do all that other stuff, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, especially now. I mean, because there's so many other brands that are doing really well in those big box retailers. Yeah. It makes more sense to add an additional flavor of one of those brands than take on a completely new brand. Totally. You know? So yeah. let's stay here for one second. Yeah. Uh, so so you introduce. So you're you're killing it with pre workouts, yep. the supplement game, the, pill, the pills and the powders, right? Then you venture into functional foods. Yep. Right. And then I remember the ready to drink pre-workout where you punch the powder oh, into that was cool so man. you guys were doing some cool innovation. Innov- you were doing yep. innovative things yep. um, so these are big risks they were right yep. and so maybe talk a little bit about that those those like you're trying to expand the brand so as brands are looking to venture into new categories and right. new things. was that before or after the energy drink before the, that was before, before. That. Yeah, that, that was, was before our the- first rtd 
Yep. The, that was the, the where you push the, the top. The powder, the powder in the cap. Yeah. We loved that thing, man. Yeah. So where we found that, um, I was in a store and they were there was a company, one company in the entire country that was doing these. They were like electrolytes. Yep. I'm thinking, shit, man, if we could do that in a pre-workout, because you're getting, you know, because a lot of the RTDs now, some of the ones that we go up against, some of yep. the ones you carry, you can't really do a full comprehensive pre-workout RTD because yeah, they're not stable, it. right? So we're like, man, this is a great, innovative way to do that. So, but to your point, it was successful. Thank God. Uh, okay. We had some, we had some glitches though. To be honest, like there was. I times remember some like moisture would get in the yeah, cap. Yeah, you would, would get caked up in the top. But you know what's crazy? It was so. It was so flipping cool yeah. that even if it caked up, people were like, screw it. Like, they just, they just powered through it, dude. Punch it harder. Yeah, they just powered through it. You know, it was such a cool little mechanism. But to your, to your point, when, you, when you're a brand and you're trying to think of ways to not just grow, because if you just focus on growing revenue as a brand, you're going to fail. You're going to fail. you got to think of solutions, different solutions, and different ways to attract the consumer that the other guys aren't doing. And that's not always a revenue thing. Like I think there are, and that's where private equity, I think misses the mark a lot of times. I think there are a lot of bankers that are just chasing the revenue. That top number. That's it. And the reality is you don't always, yeah, you want to make money, right? But, but you don't, innovation is also as important to brand build as it is to grow sales, right? So those risks that you take, you really have to quantify them holistically. And you have to say, okay, how much of this risk is going to be, you know, is it a revenue goal? Is it a brand awareness goal? The right innovation does both really. And, you You know, know, I think that a lot of that, I mean, I can relate that to, you know, licensing deals today. Mm -hmm. Whereas a lot of times like licensing deals, if you can do it uniquely in a cool way, Mm -hmm you're going to spend quite a bit of money on that license deal, but where maybe your profitability won't be where it's at, or even the top line, but the brand recognition and that cool factor that you can get from doing a real good license deal that is authentic and real is pretty darn cool. Dude, it's you like... Know? And so, like, I, I relate that to kind of the license deals today. Spot almost. on. Yeah, yeah. Spot on. Couldn't agree more. So I think, like, especially in today's space where you can't go to India anymore and get some crazy-ass herb... Yeah. That, you know, light your hair on fire and put it in a pre-workout. All those days are over, right? Yeah. So you got to figure out ways to to really create excitement and innovation around. And it's, you know, it's either formats or flavors or licenses, right? And a couple of brands have done those really well. Rise has done those yeah. well. Ghost, you know, a yeah. lot of guys have done those really, really well. Some have not done them really right. well, you know, to your point. So you, you, uh, you were growing this brand. Yep. You sold it. And then you stayed on. Stayed on. And you were continuing to do. It was frustrating. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I might, might as well share. So yeah. for five, you know, it's kind of like this, you know, I think when you, um, when you turn the keys over to a business that you started from scratch, that you poured your heart and soul, like, you know, the, the, when the iPhone memory pictures come up yeah. and they bring you to tears, like every time he's like, God dang it, yeah. man, those were good days. Right. So was it, uh, like your hands are tied a little, so you probably, yes. you were probably close. ProSups was at its peak we, when you sold and we then were, it went we down were, a little bit. We were run rate about 65 million. That's a big brand. That was big. And that yeah. was before social media, man. Yeah. And that was before direct-to-consumer. Like, our direct-to-consumer business, nobody even gave a shit about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was like... You were in all the mom retail, pops. Retail, retail, yeah. retail, yeah. retail, right? Yeah. So it was it was a big number, you know? And then um, you you continued to do a bunch of stuff for them, like the, the innovation. Mm-hmm. So, like, you sold before the energy drinks or after the energy drinks? So I actually was there when we did Hyde Power Potion, Yeah. which was, again... Man, that was... That 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 flavor. <laughs> I don't know if you dumped a bag of sucralose <laughs> sure. in those things. Yeah. I'm not sure no. what happened on Dude, that. Uh, let me tell you. Let me tell you. And this is like this is no. I'm not knocking anybody for it because we all tried. Yeah. Never approve 
a sample, a one ounce sample of an energy drink. Yeah. Drink the whole damn thing. Yeah. Anybody that wants to do energy drinks or even, drinks or bars, bro. Even functional foods. Drink. You got to like eat the, the whole it's, it's one. It's not even one. It's like you eat right. the one, let it still come back a day later, eat another one, drink another one. Is it a go? Is it, do I want to come back to it? Right. right. Yeah. So, Doug, we're taking these little half ounce sips, punching you in the face with flavor. You're like, wow. This is great. Yeah. Let's run 12,000 cases of it. You yeah, know? Right. yeah. That yeah. sounds like a great idea. Right. So, so we did that. Um, and I will tell you, though, it was still early on. So it was bang. But we were like, no, I think C4. We were, we were you I were remember. Right you were right there, it too. Was a, it yeah. was the BSN Endo yes. Rush. You guys were right there, too. It was, we were right there. You guys were there. It was like a race. We were all trying to come at, go after Bang. Yes. Bang I, mean, was I remember on the going into the Muscle Foods meeting. And they it was showed like, us. Oh. They, because we had different, we had different <laughs> renderings of the original Miracle House, and we were like, which one do you guys like? We had yeah, three different drawings. That's cool. Yeah. And they said, well, just so you know, BSN, here's their can, and here is, like, hi, like, so you, these are the other two that you're going to go up. I said, we were like, at this point, you know, we, we didn't know our head from our ass. We're like, okay, cool, whatever. <laughs> so, so which one do you like? You know, and, uh, but I remember that. That, yeah. that. that was before it's the craziness of today. Yeah, and, and so that was, that was another, you know, I would say put your foot in a bear trap moment, right? Yeah. Because you're running, you're running, you're trying a half ounce of drink and then you run a bunch of cases and you get people saying, oh, I, I could drink the first ounce, but after that I had to throw it out. I'm like, okay, that didn't work out so yeah. well. Um, but, you know, obviously Hyde itself, we really leaned heavily on that franchise. And I think to, to the, today, Proceps still has, I mean, look, Proceps has gone through a variety. When I turned it over, they, you know, they, they bring in their people and they want to change things to make it more mainstream. And, yeah. and it's just hard, right? Because you but see that But that was happen. such a, and we saw that, like I saw that oh, as, as a retailer and a consumer of the product. Like, man, th some of those hardcore, I see it in Gaspari and I tell Rich this. You yeah. Know, like when I, he'll be here tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, like that hardcore shit was back in the day. Yeah. Like that, the pro subs and the Gaspari. Yeah, man. And maybe that's just because I'm old and, uh, you know, like that was like the thing, but like that stuff was cool. And so, like people were like coming in just fiending for that stuff. So dude, we're, we're tripling down yeah. now with ABE. We're tripling down on the fact that people want that. Meaning like that all black everything, that Hashtag swagger. Your feelings. That swagger. Hashtag F your feelings. F your feelings. There yeah. you go, bro. Yeah. yeah. So the, the fact is everyone, I've been, that's how I, to be honest, I've sold this to a lot of retailers by saying, look, everyone's overcorrected. Yeah. Everyone's chasing this lifestyle be everything to everybody. I'm like, you don't have to be that way, right? Know your space, lean in, and look, lean in, lean in right? And, and do it one way. And the reality is, yeah, are we, am I going to get... Get to work. This guy with his F-bomb shirt <laughs> over there. <laughs> am, you know, am I going to get, am I going to get the, you know, works out, you know, does hot Pilates once a week soccer mom to buy cases of drinks from you guys? Maybe, maybe not, but that's okay, right? Um, and it's, you know, so we're leaning into kind of that more hardcore yeah. You know that, and it's not, I don't, I don't even think, I think it's coming back around. I, and look, we're tripping hoping, down on it, you know? I mean, you asked me over there, like, are you a little sad you're not doing America Energy? And, and quite frankly, it was the right business decision for us because mm -hmm. we have so much other good stuff. So I don't want to keep pouring money into something that, like, we were fighting an uphill battle. Totally. So it's kind of, I mean, you know this, and, and the, I think the cool thing for people to hear in these in this podcast is that even though both of us and our teams have had wildly great successes, there's been ton, tons of times where you're just bombing out. So just because, and, but look how much you've learned during uh, those to get where you are today. So like, it's kind of cliched, but like your road to the top, isn't like this. It's 
it's got to be like this. Nobody's or you'll never as, get. Nobody's is like this. Yeah. Nobody's. Yeah. I, and I'm, like you, I've been around a lot of really successful people, people that are way more successful than I am. And, I, and I've had great friendships with those people. And they tell me the same stories, man. Yeah. It, it, everybody's got a my bar story. Everybody's got a hide power, hide power potion story. Everybody's got a miracle lab story, right? I, I want to interject one thing yeah. on because it really reminded me of when you said with the my bar, my cookie, when you were at a point, and this is a great, we, we love Jim. Do you know who Jim Collins is? He writes the book, Good to Great, yes, and How yeah, the Mighty yes. Fall. Yep. Just an amazing, like, it's yep. my favorite business books of all time. And we talk about it all the time on this podcast. And so one of the things that in the book, How the Mighty Fall is, these there's like different stages of when a brand is growing. And you, one of the stages is hubris. And it's when your brand is growing so fast and you guys are just crushing it that you think you can slap your name on anything and it's yep. going to sell. And there are a couple brands today where I see that. I, I do too. And, you know, I don't, no disrespect to them, so I'm not going to put their name out on here because yeah. they, they're doing amazing things. Yeah. But they're also trying to touch everything. And it's, you almost got to check your, you got to check your growth. You got to be disciplined about your growth because if you think you can be the best at everything and slap a label on it, the mighty fall. Exactly. And it's, it's, yep. it's a slippery slope. So I just wanted to point that out because that's exactly what I feel like happened there, yeah, right? 100%. You know, 100%. So. And I think, look, I think any brand that goes through, you know, a, a growth, kind of a nice, nice growth trajectory is going to hit those yep. moments. And you just hope that they're not big enough to where you don't have to close the doors and lay a bunch of people off. Unfortunately for us, I've, I've always had great partners. Um, yep. I've always, you know, been successful enough to take, you, know, you got to take a million dollar return. Yeah, it sucks. Um, yeah. But we've been able to weather it, right? Uh, but not everybody can do that, you know? So uh, you leave a couple years ago, ProSups, you yep. step away. Uh, Jump over to help Nick for about six months at Rise. Okay. Um, there, I spent some time with him developing a Walmart strategy. Um with vitamin, so vitamin you already had a relationship. I feel like you have a lot of good retail relationships in this yep. industry. Yep. So you already kind of had a relationship with Walmart and kind of knew the ins and outs of how that yeah. that beast works. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. and I didn't know it first. I mean, we yeah. learned we yeah, we kind of learned it along the way, right? Um, but I had I had the relationship, and then so wait, ProSups was in Walmart. ProSups, I believe. So when I when I was there for sure. I mean, yeah. we, when so when we sold the business, I think we either just got into Walmart or got commitments to go in and right. not necessarily did, done the pipeline fill. But yeah, ProSups is still in Walmart. Okay, so it's been there for. And so then years. you went over to Rise and you helped them <clears throat> just, move into just to move into that space, um, which the guys I know the executives at Vitamin Shop hate my guts for that. Um, but but the reality is, and I'll just say it on this podcast, it it all all boats rise. And I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, points of distribution, all boats rise. The more people that can get their hands and mouths on these products are going to benefit everything from brick and mortar to mass to convenience. It's all about distribution. Well, that's so hard to get. The, 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 mom, and the yeah. mom and pop guys. To get the mom house to buy. It's so hard. I know. You know? Yep. And, and your heart lies with those guys. No, and you I, try to walk them through it. And, you, you, know know. What I do, you know what I always do, and that's what we do for these guys. Obviously, Lance is an expert at this. I just try to create a separate uh, experience for them that is special yeah. to the brick and mortar. And you guys know this because we work with you guys like yeah. this. Things that I, I can't and wouldn't do with mass retail. Right. I do with you guys, you right. know, whether it's, you know, demos or samples, flooding you with samples or T-shirt giveaways, things that are more meaningful to the brick and mortar retailer. Well, yeah. What the mom and pop doesn't understand, I, th I think, or I think gets lost is that like by you putting it into other places, you put it into vitamin shop, you put it into Walmart, getting the eyes on the brand and they might only have 5% of your total SKUs. That's right? the other thing. But the mom and pops can carry 
you know, 100% of your SKUs. So spot Now on. there's a little bit more recognition there. And at the That's end right. of the day, the people are going to the mom and pops for the people that work in there. And if you're going to lose your client over that, I mean, like, your people are going to come see you. Yeah. And right now you give them an, just, they're going to be recognize that brand when they're out somewhere else. And they're going to come to you for that brand. So like, I really don't think any mom and pop sales really lost. You can by, see it. By I mean, yeah. I'm guessing, I'm guessing again, we don't have to share numbers, but I'm guessing the guys that have done a really good job that are now in Walmart, you guys probably still sell a decent amount of IE rise, IE bucked up. I, you know, yeah. it's a, it's a, it's awareness. Right. And so I think you got to, there's a way that you, you have to manage all the channels a specific way, but it is very difficult because the brick, the old school brick and mortar guys, it's tough because you do, especially at ProSups, they built ProSups. Without those guys, I wouldn't have had Walmart. Yep. I wouldn't have had Vitamin Shop. I wouldn't have had GNC, yep. you know? So this day and age with uh, GNC going through its ups and its downs yep. through bankruptcy and now rising again, and then mm -hmm. Vitamin Shop performing pretty well, but now Walmart really stepping up into the game. Like, where where is the place of a brand that you really feel like is moves the needle the most at this point? Gosh, I don't want to. I don't want you to piss off all your uh, no, your, yeah, your your yeah. buyers now. But no, like, yeah. where do you think that is? I, you know, I think there's there's a place that a brand needs to live for its voice, and then there's a place where a brand needs to live for for to experience. Right. I think there's a lot of benefits that brick and mortar and specialty retail, i.e. Nas uh, national, uh, national retailers like Vitamin Shop and GNC, a lot of your brand voice comes from what we do at Brick and Mortar and through the national retailers. The gym chains, like One Life, and you know, worked at One Life. A lot of what you communicate out comes from those, but I think a lot of experience that you won't get because foot traffic doesn't exist in a lot of, even Vitamin Shop. I've been in, I went on a Vitamin Shop tour a couple weeks ago. We went into like the LA. two... Yes, you were there. I you were right you behind us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I trailed you guys. I love that actually. They're yeah. like, hey, a guy came in that looks well, it like was you, cool but he's a little bigger. Like, yeah. in, in, the vitamin, in, the, in the national retailer world, yeah. right, and especially in vitamin shop, during that COVID, like reps used to come in and visit all the time, yeah. even in, in in our mom and pop shops. And it's they, the road has failed. It's right. it slowed down. It has right. It has. And so for one brand to come in after the other. In this, in a two week period, to and these these to show uh, them love that they're they all they're all they're they're jazzed up. You they know, they're super it. excited. But if uh, you were there, like I was there, and you sat there for an hour, you might had one or two customers walking in there. The reality is, foot traffic is down in mm -hmm. a lot of brick yep. and mortar stores. Yeah. So so, getting the experience of your brand, getting mouths and hands on your products in high traffic areas creates awareness for everybody. So I think you, the winning retail, I mean, getting into Walmart is a huge benefit to brands that are looking to build overall, not just revenue, but awareness, because it would be almost impossible to create brand awareness if you just relied on brick and mortar stores. Mm -hmm. It just, I know there's a lot of brands that would disagree with me on that. Um, I, I just firmly believe, especially in the digital age now, unless you really own that, that space, you know, or do very well there, it's hard to get. Well, travel. yeah, I mean, the people that don't necessarily see that are the brands that are smaller brands that are starting out. I think in every young entrepreneur, they're very, uh, this is my brand. I'm, I'm going to do it this way. Yeah. But like to real to, to be an eight and, or an even nine figure brand, like you need that, you need those big needle movers to move the brand. Cause you're never going to 
crack a couple million dollars there, if you don't. There's right? no like, way. There's yeah. no. It's just not. There's there's not enough bodies. Yeah. Going into the 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 ultra specialty retail or even the national retail, it's just not enough. And let's face it, because we're in vitamin shop. You yeah. go in a vitamin shop. I've got three flavors of pre workout in a field of nine hundred pre workouts, and I'm the new guy on the block. Yeah. Right. So. There's oh, challenges. Yeah. You guys know. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, for sure. Doug, if anybody, you guys know. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So uh, we have uh, a couple minutes left. I want yep. to get to Abe. Yes. So you, you go help Nick for a little while, and then you're – This is a funny story. I'll so how do, you, how do you quick. get into – so this is applied nutraceuticals, right? This is like applied, nutrition. applied, nu- nutrition. Yeah, applied nutrition. Applied nutrition. So there is a applied nutraceuticals. It's, it's local, and it's this more homeopathic – they do like homeopathic type okay. like supplements and stuff. But that's not the same. Okay. Tom Ryder is the owner of Applied Nutrition. Okay. He and I have been friends for like seven years. He's, I bet he, you know he's Tom. He's in the UK. He's in the UK. Okay. He started Applied Nutrition. Uh, he didn't start it. He bought it. He was a retailer. And Applied Nutrition was just a protein brand. He's like, you know what? I'm going to get into, I want to get my own brand. So he bought this brand, started with protein. Two years after that, he said, I need a pre-workout. All these hardcore ones are floating in from the U.S. Because at the time, the gates were wide open. Yep. We were shipping hide everywhere. And he's like, man, I need to, something to compete. So we want to create more, more edgy, you know, line of products. And they sat around a table, similar like we did with, with Hyde. He said, what do we call it? He said, well, it's got to be black, man. Everything is coming into the UK. It's like hardcore and it's black and it's edgy. Everything's got to be black, all black, everything. And they're like, all right, that sounds pretty good. So let's call it that. He comes up with a name. I run into him years ago, probably three years ago. So what year was that where he he came up with this? It's 2016. Okay. So ABE has been around since 2016. Now it's it's the top selling pre-workout in Europe, the powder. Yeah. And he's got the cans out there too, which are cranking. Um, but I ran into him. He and I would run into each other, all the Feebos and the, the body powers and all the shows yeah. in Europe. We'd always like bro hug and have a drink and stuff like that. A couple years back, he said, man, I've always wanted to get my brand going in the U.S. And this is a whole different podcast. How many successful international brands have you seen make a mark here in the U.S.? Yeah. Outside of Muscle Tech, which is Canada, my, we're on the same piece my of My protein does like a billion dollars, and they're not and they, the yeah, they're not even. They don't, <laughs> you don't even see them, right? How yeah. do they not do it, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, point being, like, it's, a, it's so he and I would have this, we met. He's like, man, I want to get this brand here. What do I do? And I'm like, wow, well, I'm kind of busy right now. Turned out, I'm like, you know what? This might be a good opportunity for me. So we connected, and he said, look, you, you ready? And I said, I'm ready. So we, we're partners. So I actually own part of the brand, mm-hmm. the U.S. version. So it's Applied Nutrition USA. So that is a USA company. It's a USA company. Okay. Um, but all we're promoting is not just energy drinks and pre-workout. We're having a full line, which you guys I'm sure know about because I'm sure yep. Lance tells you. Isolates are coming. Pump, a pump gel is coming. Pump powder, fully dosed pump powder is coming. Three flavors, four flavors of isolate are coming. We're going to continue to expand flavors on the drink. Um, we have a ton of free, uh, pre-workout flavors already, so we're probably not going to... All right, so here, two, two questions to finish up here. Yep. So uh, you built a brand during a time when there was really no social media. You've yep. been involved with Rise to some extent in different areas, and you see their, their, their digital first presence. Yep. And then you, now you're building another brand from scratch. Mm-hmm. What is your brand strategy with this? Share the goods for the piece. So I will tell you, I took all of my learnings... Meaning all my, you know, feet on the streets learnings, um, the, the pros and the cons. I took all of my learnings just because we're, we're learners, right? A lot yeah. of us are, are we're, intellectual, we, we're intellectually curious and we always sit back and watch. But all the learnings I saw was social media and what's really transacting with consumers, right? So I'm incorporating all of it. I mean, we're doing feet on the street. And I, obviously, we're here, but 
for yeah. a lot of reasons. But feet on the street, I, I believe, is still important, as I know you guys do yeah, as well. Sure. But I've got a great team of creative people that have onboarded some really significantly impactful athletes and influencers that have done a fantastic job getting the message out of who we are. Um, I mean, there's the digital ad campaign stuff. But so is that higher-end influencers, no. or is that micro-influencers, or is that ambassador? Like, uh, j- uh, no, no, no. Missy Soccer yeah. Mom no, ambassador? No. Or? So, no, we're, we're really, uh, obviously, with the branding, those that follow us can see we're kind of an edgier brand. Yeah. Um, but we're, we're really, our influencers range primarily, they're probably in their early 20s for the most part, mm-hmm. guys and girls in their early 20s. Um, I would say it's funny because now... It's not bodybuilders. Mm-mm. It's yep. not, bo- it's not, you know, girls, it's not even fitness girls, right? Meaning competitive fitness right. girls. For us, it's not. We're not going, we're going after more of that person that likes to look good, likes to feel good, likes to be, likes to take edgier stuff because they like, they do like to perform in the gym, mm-hmm. but it's not a competitive performance. So when you're going to launch this brand in the U.S. and you tell your partner, all right, we're going to have to go <laughs> on a recruiting. We're, we're going to, like, oh, we're going to, we need to spend... A gazillion hours on Instagram, we need to find the hundred micro-influencers that yeah. are going to move our needle. Is that basically, like, the conversation? So it's, you like, know what's hilarious, man? And it's funny because in Europe, you don't have to do that. In Europe uh, and international, it's all about distribution points. Like, because you have retailers that don't carry 900 pre-workouts. They carry five. And if you're one of the five, you don't need a Noel Diesel. You don't need, like, you don't need a high-powered, highly-paid influencer to drive awareness because got all this traffic going into these stores and you're only one of five right so it has been it had in if tom were here he would agree it's been a constant conversation that we've had evolving conversation that we've had to have right about marketing you're like no i need to spend this money to recruit these social media people and he's like what the heck do you need social media for just put it in the store you'll hear this is what he says yeah (laughs) he said what do you he said tj the distribution you're getting is great what are you talking i said no yeah just because it's but then you don't move it right just because it's there it's gonna come off the shelf so yeah yeah. I, i feel that yeah and then all the mistakes you've made, right? And I mean, How long this, you got? I mean, this in po- yes. in a positive way. Yeah. So, is there anything that you truly regret in this, or is it one of those things where, like, you really learned something from all this? Is there some? Is there a? Was there a major thing there that you would like to redo in this process, or do you really feel like I, uh, what I like to think a lot of people think is that, like, you know, those mistakes were made for a reason because now. I'm here where I am. Dude, today. I can tell you, I don't, I wouldn't ask for a mulligan on anything I've done wrong. Meaning I, I, I've taken my, you know, when I hook the ball into the lake, I'm like, okay, adjust, adjust the swing. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like I've learned from every single misstep. I don't think I would take now my private equity partners would probably wish I took <laughs> back some of my mistakes, but, uh, but I don't think I would take back any of it. Right. Um, you, you put it perfectly. I think you do, you hit those bumps because now if, if someone were to ask me, okay, TJ, put together a brand, and that's basically what we did here yep. from scratch. What elements would you include? What missteps would you avoid? I have all those. Yep. I already know, right? And you guys can tell by the way the products taste, the way they work, the, the way the formulas are, the marketing we're doing. We've, we're checking all those boxes, which is exciting because, look, I mean, you were to ask me to start this 10 years ago, it would be probably a different story, you know? Yeah. I mean, the funny thing that I will note on this is that when you're in, when you're just starting and you make those mistakes, they feel like the end of the world. Oh man. And it's like, and it's like a $500 mistake. <laughs> and now a $500 mistake is about 16 seconds on a, a, a Monday, right? Like, <laughs> right. And, and it's just like, and it's just, and it's funny how you look back and you freak out like 
the first legal lawsuit letter or something you oh get. My God. Like I almost, I think I almost had a heart attack at like 20 some years old. Right. And, and now it's just like, now you just kind of go like this and it's just, Oh, oh another, another letter cease yeah. and desist. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Okay. All right. Yeah. You, you know, it's so funny. It's but so now, yeah. and it's just like, Oh, you know, the, Oh, we have this problem up, oh, up. Oh, there's a $40,000 product we need to throw away. Like, you know, it's just, but you know, what's crazy. I don't know if you've had the same experience. The barrier of entry into the space is so low. Yeah. There's always new brands coming in and going out, right? Because it, it, even though the barrier of entry is low, anybody can get into it, to really grow True. and do it the right way, yeah. you, you got to have some experience. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the story that we try to tell. Is like there's not many brands that have been around for 19 years. A lot of people don't know we've been around for 19 years. Yeah. But, like, it's I just, do. it's been a long road. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a long road. I mean, we're literally selling them out of the back of our truck. And it yeah. wasn't, and we people ask us this all the time. I like, we just did an interview the other day. I'm like, I really feel like we're just now maybe figuring it out like 10% of it, <laughs> right? Like, you yeah. know, like we're just scratching the surface and it's not to belittle where we're at. It's just, I feel like there's still so much more to do in so little time. It's just like, I it's exciting, the, which yeah. makes it exciting. I think the biggest challenge I think for, for all brands, including yours, mine is you always have to be thinking ahead. Because you can't take you can't take yesterday with you. Yesterday you can't turn into today. Like yesterday was yesterday. You got to think today. What's the next thing, right? You got to be. That's where I get. It's where it's challenging but exhausting. Yep. Is you have to constantly. There's not like a. There's no like pause. You know what I mean? Like in this space, it's so fast moving. You got to be thinking what's next. And it's one thing to capture lightning in a bottle one time, yeah. but to be able to do it multiple times is is very difficult. I uh, think you see yeah. it a lot in this industry where like somebody does something crazy and it just for whatever reason reason takes off but to be able to do that again and again and again is very very difficult to do I agree. well and that's what actually interests me about you so much because you have been in these positions to where you you've sold vpx you've sold pro subs and you've built these relationships along the way yeah and at least what i've learned over people that kind of we'll say brand hop yeah but i feel like you've done it the right way what you're going in you're reestablishing like just a new brand. Yeah. And I feel like you run out of favors eventually. Yeah. Right. But it has been so impressive to see that you can go from pro subs yeah. to launching something like this. Yeah. Like we were talking about it. And uh, <laughs> yeah. it was just, it was impressive that a new brand launched no, a vitamin it. shop and has a POP out in the window. Like that's not easy. I pre you know, and to close, I'll just say, I think if I could give all these, your young listeners, the best advice, do what you say you're going to do. When you, get, when you start a business and you start a, a brand, even if it costs you money, if you shake hands with somebody and you say you're going to do it, that's what's kept me in the game, to be honest. Yeah. I have made, I've made promises that have cost me, but I've lived through them. And those same buyers that have given me a chance time and time again, they remember those things, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, even as an employee, right? Like, yeah. if you're that's working right. with somebody, working for somebody, yep. like, have some integrity. Do right. what you say you're going to do. Say you're gonna do right. Yeah. You know? Oh, man. I think that's gold. That's where we end. Right there. Do what you say do you're going to do. What you say you're going to do. Period. Yeah. If you can take something away, that's it, guys. Well, TJ, we appreciate you. That's great, guys. I'm Thanks looking for forward to tomorrow and the yes. rest of this weekend. Thank you for coming. And guys, till next time, keep crushing it.